Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And as usual, you can always check us out and join the conversation on our social media. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram mostly. I'm at Surviving Empathy Podcast, or you can go to Chef Bright Comedy on everywhere else, and that includes YouTube. Surviving Empathy is the podcast, and Chef Bright Comedy is the brand. But we're at Surviving Empathy Podcast on Instagram and Chef Bride Comedy everywhere else. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have my beautiful wife and co-host, Rebecca, and we're going to talk all about belief. We're going to talk about belief versus disbelief and meeting the burden of believing in something. What is the criteria that we must, uh, what standard should we set in place to believe something or not? And then I will tell you guys about my belief scale and how that works and what uh, criteria have to exist in order for me to believe in something or not. And then we're going to go a little bit into uh, religion and belief and, uh, and paranormal and belief. And then we're going to kind of uh, itemize uh, the different uh, paranormal and supernatural entities. And we're going to ask Rebecca, to what extent do you believe or disbelieve? talking about ufos we're talking about aliens we're talking about ghosts demons bigfoot the rake mothman on and on and on that's what this show is going to be all about and then lastly ladies and gentlemen we're going to talk about religious and spiritual beliefs and our differences therein and uh, not only uh, uh, as far as what criteria must be met for me to believe in god but more than that how can we respect each other's beliefs or at least respect each other without being disrespectful how can we in a country full of different cultures and different types of people arrive at a place of at least respecting each other and respecting our right to believe differently than each other if you feel like helping out our humanitarian cause come on over to patreon and, and paypal at chef by comedy grab yourself a drink get something to eat and let's begin Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. Friday vibes, everyone. Uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk about belief and belief systems. Because at the heart of everything that we're doing here, uh, we have to really tackle the underlying reason for this whole show. Which is, if you are into the paranormal, you have to believe in it. If you uh, uh, believe in that people can be in inherently intuitive, you have to believe it. <laughs> so at the end of the day, we thought, wow, you know, this would be a great time on a nice Friday, almost sunny day in Oregon. Let's talk about belief itself. And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, say hello to my co-host, Rebecca Russell. She's the best of the best. And she is here for your listening pleasure. Please say hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you don't have to say it quite as with as much <laughs> flair, but yeah. Anyways, you guys, uh, so yeah, belief systems, um, you know, <clears throat> I got to thinking about it. I was just like, we don't, we just kind of assume people believe this stuff. Or we just assume that people don't believe us when we say we're an empath. And so that's why I've done episodes in the past where I've talked about the science behind being an empath. So you guys realize that it's not just a bunch of touchy-feely malarkey that it, uh, to quote joe biden <laughs> doesn't he say malarkey all the <laughs> malarkey, time Malarkey, yes um but it's it's because there's reasons dude 
There's reasons. And so at the end of the day, we, we wanted to tackle belief itself. So I'm calling this episode Belief versus Disbelief and Meeting the Burden of Believing Something. So um, we're going to talk about the belief scale. We're going to talk about my scale that I invented myself because I'm, I'm an inventor of things. And, um, and then we're going to talk about uh, what we believe in and to what extent and why we believe it. And we're going to try to keep this episode at about an hour because uh, our last episode ran too long. And uh, just so you know, you guys, as a, as a show note, uh, I am going to be uh, splitting up longer episodes from here on out into uh, an entire week. We'll do, if we do a two hour episode, it'll be an hour and an hour. Uh, there might be hour and a half episodes that I'll keep intact, but anytime we go over an hour and a half, I'm going to cut it up. Uh, if I feel like I need to. Sometimes I won't because um, if it's like an hour and 48, um, that might be one episode, but then one episode super short. So I kind of want to, you know, if the longer episodes, if, if, if I feel like I need to, I'm going to split those up uh, just because I feel like when you start getting into the two hour mark, people start getting fatigued and uh, I don't want to be here to abuse you guys. We're here to have fun. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, hon, how you doing? Okay, I'm I'm home with a migraine today, so it's, yeah, it's I know. exciting, so I'm, yeah. feeling, I'm feeling a little better. Yeah, well, better. And, and, and for you, just so you guys know, uh, I did start that Mgality for migraines, and uh, they say that there's a rare chance of having a side effects like constipation, and yeah, that's what's happening <laughs> with me these days, so I'm taking yeah. stool softener, yeah, <laughs> So I'm taking stools oftener, and I'm uh, taking fiber and all that, and uh, I have a feeling it's not going to be a deal breaker, um, but the first week, uh, especially when you're a loading dose, you're taking twice as much, I have a feeling that I'm going to probably have to um, just take uh, stool softeners that week, and then hopefully it regulates. If I end up with constipation the entire month, then I'm just going to hang it up. I can't deal with that. <laughs> yeah, don't blame me. Yeah, so... Anyway, so yeah, talking about belief, uh, it's a beautiful Friday, it's uh, mostly sunny, uh, it's the best we're going to get in Oregon this time of year, and so I'm pretty, I'm in a good mood, even though I think we're both dealing with headaches because uh, the weather is just all over the place, but uh, we're doing alright, doing alright, um, but I want to talk first about um, belief systems in general. Uh, religion has belief systems, our, our society, uh, there's inherent belief systems, and then there's scientific belief and si certain scientific criteria that have to be met. Uh, what do you think about belief in general? Do you feel like, because I think there's a lot of people nowadays who are like, well, you have to respect my beliefs. I'm like, no, I don't. I have to respect you, but I don't necessarily have to respect your belief. What do you think about that? Well, I think especially like when it comes to some aspects of religion, if your belief systems are harming people, causing harm to people, That's or a good or, point, then I what don't if, have to respect well, that. Well, what if what if their belief system is not directly hurting people, but the most extreme factions of their belief system is? In other words, there's a lot of people going to church who call themselves Christians who aren't harming anyone, and their belief in God is sacred to them. And while I want to give them all the respect in the world for that, at the end of the day, um, I don't necessarily believe what they believe because 
it's not that I have a problem with their belief in God. It's more like I have a belief in where, <clears throat> I don't know, that their attitudes start adding up to a strangeness that I just can't follow. And and because it starts getting into zealot t- territory, it's anytime any belief system becomes too strong, it becomes zealot, zealot-like, and that leads to... Uh, disarray, harm to our society, whether it be extreme Muslims with their terrorist acts or extreme belief in the afterlife that if they die honorably, uh, they're going to die and then uh, be met by 72 virgins and all this stuff. And, and I can't even, I can't even get, I can't even, I don't even know where to start with yeah. what's wrong with that because not only is it a patriarchal male dominated society and the sexuality involved is, is, is creepy at best. And so I want to believe and, and give everybody, uh, you know, a right to believe whatever they want. And I do believe in a general sense that is true. But at the end of the day, um, but then what, what about Christians who are just like, Hey man, leave me alone. I like going to church and I like, yeah. Faith gives me um, the restoring, healing power. Fuck off, atheist, you know. So at the end of the day, what is your belief on that if it's not hurting anybody? I think, <clears throat> like what you kind of mentioned at the start of this, I think it's more I will respect the person if, yeah. if they're not doing anything, but I won't fundamentally respect their religion right, and their beliefs right. in that. So I'll well, respect that person and I will Do you treat think them telling them but, that you don't respect the religion is a form of disrespect toward them? It could be. That's why I just wouldn't say <clears> it. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like um, I spent a year out in uh, Salt Lake City. There's a lot of Mormons out there. And while they're very nice people, um, I have a problem with um, religion light, let alone religion heavy. Full-flavored religion. And so yeah. when I start hearing some of the stuff in the Book of Mormon, I'm like, whoo-wee, that's some crazy stuff. And I don't mean to disrespect. That's my point is I believe different things than a lot of people. And I know my audience, there's going to be a lot of people who believe in God, who believe in religion. And I don't want to give them a hard time about that because it's giving them hope. And that helps them with their mental and spiritual health. And so at the end of the day... um, you know, I, I try to be respectful of others' religion, but yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me when we were down visiting friends, and uh, we have a friend who was a, um, uh, what is she? Um, <clears throat> uh, Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witness, yeah, and she's a dear friend of ours. We had a falling out, but that year was the year, the first time that we had gone down where we didn't end up seeing her. And then we end up going to Farmer's Market, and I was glad she didn't show because everybody was making fun of religion, and I was like, oh, God. Well, that whole thing. thing came about because there was some weirdo standing on the sidewalk yeah. yelling about religion and yelling Well, yeah, stuff. it was not it out of nowhere. It was out of nowhere, but it was... There was a, a reason for it, yeah. It was a good thing she wasn't there, because I, I don't want to... Well, because I, have a, I tend to be a little bit more polite and kind than most people, that, you know, like, even if I think religion is completely unjustified or unfounded, I still don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah, that's exactly it. And because I just, it, if I tend to avoid those conversations. Like, I don't bring it up. If I'm with someone yeah, that's, no. that's a, quote, good Christian, I'm not going to bring up my well, hate of religion, my she, atheism, Well, and had that. she shown up, I don't think there would have been a way to avoid it because no, nobody else knew yeah. that she was religious. Mm-hmm. All our other friends were atheists. Yeah, and not in that situation. And 
It would have really hurt her feelings, and I'm so glad that she didn't get subjected to that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, because at the end of the day, I mean, I am a respectful person. I believe that people have a right and entitlement to believe whatever they want. Um, But at the same time, if a belief is doesn't have a lot of evidence or if a belief uh, uh, tends to kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, play and tippy-toe in that extremist category where um, their belief systems are not only unfounded but perhaps a little extreme, it leads to zealotry. And zealotry can lead to terrorism. Zealotry can lead to militantness. Uh, and that can d- lead and, – and not all forms of mil- being militant is necessarily a bad thing. I'm – you know, I'm a militant person when it comes to my politics. Not overly so, but uh, I'm, I have a strong belief in what's right and wrong. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's like I'm a good person, but people out there might be saying, well, I don't like your lack of belief in religion because, um, you know, because they're taught that I'm going to hell or they're taught that I'm in the bed with the devil and all this stuff. And it's like, no man, come on, relax. That's why as long as they're giving me the same respect of not pushing their ideas on me, I'm not going to push my ideas on them and I'm just not going to bring it up. It's not going to be a conversation. Well, of course, if I don't want to hurt their feelings, we were dear friends with this girl for a very long time. Her kid is, is a delightful little child. And, uh, I just spiritually, even though we didn't spend a lot of time with her, spiritually and emotionally, I was always there for her. And so it was hurtful when she had to listen to her religion because I had put down her religion, not directly, but I was saying something to the effect of, because she was talking about the end of days. Yeah. And I, I thought that, that was really quite tragically out there. And I was like, and, and I'm, I can, Respect the belief, but I just said, I think your religion is telling you that the end of days are coming, and here you are preparing for the apocalypse, and we're all just living here, kind of listening to the birds chirp, and it just, it felt very extreme, and I was like, wow, you know, because, you know, do I believe that there's eventually could be annihilation? Yeah, we have the technology where the end of the planet could happen, um, but I don't believe it's going to happen as soon as people think. And so when you have these religions that are prophesizing the end of times, it almost feels to me like they're trying to, um, they're trying to, uh, 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 like they almost like they're in a hurry to get this shit over with because they want to live the rest of their life in the afterlife. Yeah. And I don't believe in it enough to, to, to be speeding that process up, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, you know, but, um, well, and then the other thing that I think a lot of people find funny about me is that they, they're they like, how can you believe in all this out there shit but not believe in God? Well, the truth is, is it's because it meets my burden of proof. And so I wanted to talk about the burden of proof when it comes to a belief system. And that's not to say that I don't have faith. There are some things I believe in that I don't have enough proof of. And it's based on purely faith, but it's also based on other people's beliefs and my uh, belief in their credibility. It's indirect belief. In other words, like you might believe in Bigfoot, not because you've seen one yourself, but because the evidence out there seems compelling enough. There seems to be enough of it to suggest that there is something going on there. I just, when it comes to God, I see a world that is only getting better at the hand of people. 
it doesn't get better magically. And so it's not that I want to poo-poo on other people's beliefs in God, because I I loved believing in God. It made me feel really good. It's like a drug. You feel high from it. You feel positive from it. It helped me with my mental health. It helped me with my depression. And so I don't want to take that away from people. At the end of the day, I want to give people uh, the benefit of the doubt, and I want people who are getting something from something I want them to be happy. I want them, if they're getting something positive from it, it, because I don't know everything, and I have to. That's the problem sometimes with ardent atheists, is that they believe that they know everything. Because there's a lot of atheists who don't believe in ghosts, and I'm like, fuck you, bro. I'd love to stick them in a very haunted place and say, here, live here for a week, and then come out and let me know whether you still believe in ghosts or not. Because I have a feeling it would meet their burden of proof because shit would just be happening and they would be like, oh, wow. And so at the end of the day, I um, I don't know everything. And that's the th- difference between me- myself and a lot of atheists is I don't like when atheists get brash. I don't like when atheists get mean-spirited. And I don't like when they pick on religious people or, or say mean things. Now, do I have a problem sometimes with religion? Yes, because um, sometimes it Trojan horses bad things in our society. But at the end of the day, I want to respect religion. I want to respect people who believe because I don't know everything. There might be a God, and it's just a very sneaky, quiet, uh, elusive, uh, nuanced thing that I'm just not picking up on. And so I want to at least have some uh, small, uh, uh, you know, uh, at least respect the idea of it and not give people shit because, like I said, I don't know everything. So that actually makes me think about something that happened at work the other night. And I think I forgot to tell you, but one of the overnight guys came in and he was talking about how he just got this brand new refrigerator and they got it for this really good deal. And they went back a week later and it was $600 more expensive. And at the end of it all, he's like, yeah, God is good. Like, Mm -hmm. and there are three of us there and we kind of waited until he was far enough away. And then we all kind of turned and looked at each other and like, yeah, dude, there's people dying in Ukraine, but God cares about you saving money on your refrigerator. Right. Like it was well, just, and we didn't, we didn't say anything to him. We no, didn't no. We laugh at him. It was, yeah, no, you know, it's not, it's not about him. making fun of him. It's that there are serious tragedies happening in the world. And, and yes, Americans have a tendency to be a little bit spoiled, a little bit first world problems. And, um, and I, you know, and that's the thing is, was he entirely serious or is it just kind of because I think that's what religious people do is they proclaim the goodness of God. Anytime anything happens, it's like, you know, religion's responsible for every f- touchdown that ever happens, but he's never responsible for when they don't yeah, achieve a right? touchdown. <laughs> so, you know, there's kind of an inherent bias there. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's just to each their own. Yeah. And but I understand what your point yeah. is, because if we were to get literal about it, it's like, dude. Do you really think that God cares about your silly little refrigerator uh, And I honestly problems? think he did. But at the yeah, same well, time, we're not going to make fun of him. To or each make their him own. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, but that's the problem sometimes I have with religion is that when there's really bad things going on in the world, A, why isn't God helping? And B, why is it that people feel like God is always going to be there for their silly little problems, but... Never mind. It's kind of like, let's use this as an example. Remember back when there was a sinkhole and that apartment collapsed in Florida? Mm -hmm. And and some people were survivors. And they, the first thing they said was, it was, thank God I made it out alive. 
Now, I found that inherently selfish because at the end of the day, what you're basically saying that God found you more important than yeah, everybody than else in there. hundred people or how many died. Well, and how yeah. much do you want to believe that they believe that the ones that were, weren't spared were atheists and sinners and all these trashy people? Yeah. In other words, they're throwing, flinging their beliefs. They're not respecting our disbelief. They're not respecting other people for their differences. They're judging and saying, well, those people are not as good of, or virtuous as me, and therefore that's why they were, weren't spared. Yeah, and that's the inherent meaning behind it. Whether right. they actually mean that, that's how it comes across, and that's what it does mean. Yeah, so, yeah. well, and, and that's why you can't analyze this stuff too much, because I think at the end of the day, you're talking about a cultural phenomenon that people just, it's so ingrained in them that they they really haven't stopped to think about it. I mean, when you think about, like, my friend uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, I, I put something on my Instagram, and she kind of came back at me, and she was like, well, Christians are all good people. What are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's not to say that cr- some Christians aren't good people. I absolutely believe they are. Yeah. I believe they're trying, at least. But at the end of the day, the problem I have with the God belief is that it, what it does is it, it tends to justify a lot of bad behaviors or superior attitudes Based yeah. on the fact that you believe that you're the oh, like they they it act they act like they have the hotline to Jesus's desk and that they have a closer relationship with God or Jesus than anybody else and I find that inherently arrogant. Yeah, the narcissism involved that in that yeah. is is unparalleled. There's the underlying belief that they're better than you because of their belief system. Yeah, and I don't think they all believe that way. We're no. just talking here, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I kind of want to talk about, um, you know, believing when there's no evidence, just because you feel it in your bones, people, you'll get that a lot. Well, I feel it in my bones. I just feel it. I feel it. It's like, yeah, well, you might be crazy, you know? (laughs) And so at the end of the day, I try to respect people's belief systems because it's a, it's an extension of who they are. It's an extension of their cultural heritage and it's an extension of their thinking and, I don't want to disrespect their uh, right to exist, their right to believe. Um, but at the same time, a lot of times they get a little pushy-shovy on other people's beliefs. Well, you don't respect my right to not believe, so fuck you, yeah. you know? Well, yeah, when it comes to, down to that, then I feel a little bit better about pushing back. Because if you're going to act that way towards me, yeah, then well, I'm going to do it to you. <laughs> right. Well, that's why I call myself a spiritual atheist, because at the end of the day... I don't necessarily believe that the creator of the universe is a person or made in the image of man. I believe that uh, nature created all this. It was a natural, you know, the conditions were right. The conditions were met. Things grew. Planets were created. Solar systems were, were created as a result of gravity. And so all these things created. Now, someone might say, well, what created all that? Don't know. I would yeah. say something else that uh, perhaps, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's just a, maybe it's just an energy. Maybe yeah. it's just a, a co- I used to call it the collective conscience. I used to think that the universe was nothing more than a collection of energy and a collected collection of memories and a collection of knowledge. And so I called it the collective conscience. Now, uh, that was uh, when I was a teenager, as I was starting to contemplate my mm-hmm. place in the universe. Yeah. Um, but but uh, because I didn't grow up religious, but I had a lot of friends who were, 
and I've gone to church several times, and then I went for a while where I was so desperate for belief and something much more deep. I needed something deeper than just superficial living because I was, it was becoming very transactional. Go to work, get a paycheck. Nobody cares about you. Nobody cares whether you live or die. And we're not, we're not scratching the surface of any deeper understanding of life. And people, when they get that existential crisis of wanting to dig deeper than the superficial transaction, the transactional nature of life, uh, they tend to get religious or spiritual. Now, I first went the spiritual route, then I went the religious route, and then as I evolved again, I went more the spiritual atheist route. And um, But that's no disrespect for people who are religious, and that's why I don't like atheism when it's mean-spirited. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like, you know, do I think uh, religious people say some crazy things? Yes, but I also think atheists say some crazy things. So it's not... Mm-hmm. That, exactly. I, that 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 um, I um I I just don't feel like a lack of belief is a re- a reason to rally behind and and start a network or a group like usually when you have a group or community it's based on something you like or believe not uh, something you don't believe and so when there's nothing there to keep there's no there's no commonality I I I think if I went to a group of uh, atheists I would find that most of them are pragmatists most of them are uh, you know, scientific minded. Most of them are, you know, very um, cut and dry about their beliefs. But the problem is, is that, you know, I believe in ghosts and a lot of them don't. Um, and and uh, they would be mocking me the same way they would mock religious people. And so where do you draw the line? Because now I'm ostracized within my own group because I'm a subset of atheists that believe in spiritualism and believe in... Um, you know, a- aliens and ghosts and things like that. And so at the end of the day, they're, I'm not even their cup of tea. So it's like, you know, you you know. Well, I actually have real world experience with that because there is an atheist and agnostic women's group on Facebook that I'm part of. And once in a while, someone would post something about like ghosts or paranormal stuff. And yeah, a lot of people would jump on that person and talk about how stupid yeah. it was. So then someone actually started an offshoot, a paranormal group of paranormal atheists. atheists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that does happen. So yeah, there's judgment no matter where, no matter right. what group you're in or well, what mindset that's you are. The bottom line is judgment. So I want to talk about that yeah. in a minute. Uh, before we talk about that, though, I kind of want to, well, we're going to go into um, the, our belief in all these uh, different phenomenons and how and why we believe it. Uh, but I wanted to talk about meeting the burden of proof, and I wanted to talk about um, my belief scale. So my belief scale, as you guys probably have heard before, I kind of put it like this. Like, there's a scale, there's a hard belief, and then there's hard disbelief. And those are the two extremes. And then in the middle is neutrality, where you don't believe or disbelieve. That's zero. And then you have... So from left to right, you would have hard disbelief, soft disbelief, neutrality, soft belief, and hard belief. And um, and that's just kind of served me well. Um, and so when I talk about all these different phenomenons, I'm going to tell you where I land on that scale. Mm, yeah. But it's based on what I've seen cumulatively. Um, and, and But at the end of the day, I can't help but... If I'm being honest, I have to introspect and realize that um, other people's, uh, you know, belief in God, whether they're whether they've met the burden of proof or not. Hey, 
I haven't necessarily meant the burden of proof either. It's based off of cumulative evidence in the world, and that evidence might have been faked. And so at the end of the day, I think in order to be fair, we have to respect each other's beliefs to a point. Um, but um, like I said, they're not respecting our beliefs. So, you know, where do we draw the line with that, do you think? Yeah, again, I just think it just comes down to on a personal level, especially when you're dealing with people in your life. Yeah. Respect the person, not necessarily what they believe. Um, what I would you just- say to someone who is talking all the time about their beliefs and they're starting to annoy you because they never shut up and they they demand that you listen to their beliefs and god or all these stories and or they're telling you stories of how god saved them and all these things how do you bite your tongue and and just say how do you know that's not you just being crazy or how do you know that that's (laughs) not just something else acting on you how do you know for a fact it's god how, because you want to be respectful of people, of course. You know, like I said, life's so much easier when you just shut up and not have to criticize everybody. Because we are becoming yeah. a society now of haters, highly critical and judgmental of, of, of each other. And I want to talk about that at the end, about judgment. Don't let me forget about that. Um, but uh, talking about um, belief here, I kind of want to go into... Um, different phenomenon and see where you land on these things okay so we'll just kind of go in order of the way i have it written here so we have first up uh ufos so first thing you have to do is differentiate between ufos and actual extraterrestrial beings so when you see a ufo um it might strengthen your belief in aliens but we have to differentiate and so um the reason why i believe in ufos i am a hard believer in ufos i don't have a lot of hard beliefs like i hard i i believe in air and oxygen and scientific facts and i believe in ufos as a hard fact and the reason being is because i saw one i saw two yeah uh, at the same time uh and we think we might have saw one at the drive-in once too and it was very unusual the first time i saw it i was 19 years old i've told this story on the show before but I was 19. We were collecting trash because I had gotten a, you know, a speeding ticket. And so instead of, you know, paying for the ticket, I worked it off because I was broke in those days as if anything's changed, but uh, you know, (laughs) but uh, so I, I worked it off and I hung out with this girl who was also working off a ticket and we were hanging out and we were in these, we were next to this river. It was a park at a river. And um, this was in Redding, California, which is Northern California where there's a lot of, sightings of bigfoot and ufos and all, all that. that kind of stuff yeah. and same with up here in oregon but um yeah so we saw these two red football shaped uh, discs i mean for what it might have been three minutes so there was no way it was like a flash there was no way like when you see a ghost and it's a flash and you're like maybe i saw something maybe i didn't this you know you saw it and she saw it and i saw it we talked about it for the rest of our time we were there because it was amazing, but they it, they were in a parallel u- formation where one. I don't think that one was above the other, but that's the way Just it looked to our eye. It looked that way, yeah. Yeah, and so they were kind of hovering and hovering, and they went all the way across the horizon. They were very bright red, like a bright illuminant red, kind of like um, not like a not red like like fire engine red, but kind of like a red lighting. 
it just it, it was kind of yeah. almost pink but not quite mm-hmm. and uh it, it just went across the sky and then the thing that amazed us because we, that was enough we're like whoa but then what really amazed us is that they took off into outer space and they went zip and as fast as a blink of an eye they looked like they were converging like you know how when something is going away from you so fast that they look like they're coming together yeah Two, mm-hmm. two objects come together. Yeah. That's what it happened. It looked just like Star Trek, man. It was like, boom. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And we looked at each other and uh, it blew my mind. And um, and then there was another time where uh, we were at the drive-in and much like, um, you know how lately, uh, uh, if you guys don't know, there's a, a doctor. His name is Stephen Greer. He's a big time ufologist. And... Um, He's not a doctor, and, and his being a doctor is kind of beside the point. Um, but unlike is Jeff Meldrum, who is a doctor mm-hmm. in that, yeah, you know, he's an archaeologist mm-hmm. yeah. or what is he? He's a anthropologist. Anthropologist, yeah. yeah. So his being a doctor, I think he's just a medical doctor. So it has nothing to do with you his UFO belief, but he's a very well noted guy because he's interviewed uh, Bob Lazar and all these people. So, anyways, my long story short is that. There's a phenomenon with UFOs where um, they cluster. They cluster, and, and when you look up in the sky, you'll see like a dozen of them clustered. And that reminds me of that one UFO documentary we saw with that guy where he says that he's learning to communicate with them. They know when he's the there. Trip, yeah. And that is something that I've seen repeatable evidence of. There was an, a, a, it was on YouTube, but it was a news report where a guy claimed that he could make UFOs show up. And sure enough, man, a fucking UFO showed up. During the news segment. Yeah, yeah. They brought cameras out and they were talking to him. And, right. Yeah. And so and so that kind of, um, you know, you can only speculate what that is. Are they highly intuitive? Because we believe that a lot of UFO or at least alien life are so intelligent that they don't have vocal cords. They might speak through uh, telepathic communication. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that might have lend some credibility to the fact that we can sort of psychically call these things. Yeah. Um, now, whether or not we're calling a, a group of beings in a craft or whether they're perhaps maybe the, maybe they are cosmological beings themselves. Maybe that, maybe what we're seeing isn't a craft, but maybe that's what they are. A cosmological critter, if you will, that's, mm. that illuminates. But at the end of the day, um, I'm not necessarily a hard believer in aliens, but I am a hard believer in UFOs. Uh, but, um, it's because it met my burden of proof. I've seen it firsthand. And then as you see things on TV and, you know, YouTube and stuff, and of course you have to account for hoaxing, you have to account for all that other stuff. But once you have an accumulative knowledge of it, you begin seeing repeatable evidence. And that's where I am starting to see that repeatable evidence, repeatable phenomenon. Uh, wow. It's like, okay, there might be something to this, you know? Yeah, for sure. So where are you on UFO belief? Because you are married to someone who has a first-hand account that might strengthen your belief. And we're all tainted by other people that we respect and like. So at the end of the day, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about the Johnny Depp trial is do, does Amber's friends believe she was abused for real? Or uh, do they believe because she, they're, She's their pipeline to fame and fortune, and they don't yeah. want to piss her off because then she'll cut them out of 
their really fun life. <laughs> right. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, or perhaps they just believe her because they respect her as a friend. In other words, there was no firsthand evidence, but uh, her strong belief sort of weighed heavily on their belief, even though there was no demonstrable proof uh, firsthand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're all biased. An impact, yeah. Yeah, bias sure. is, is and belief are, are something that we have to be very honest about. And that's the problem with a lot of people, especially in religion or especially in uh, cults or especially uh, like you've got the flat earthers. They are fucking convinced that the earth is flat and uh, they're downright arrogant about it. There's, um, there's this uh, documentary on uh, Netflix that we watched, remember? Mm, I do and remember And this that, guy yeah. and this girl... Like, they went to, like, space camp. They went to this, uh, one of the places, I can't remember where, but I think it was, the maybe it was Redstone Arsenal in Alabama, but they went to the space museum, and they're mocking it the whole way, and they're talking about how the whole thing is a, is a ruse, and how we've all been tricked by NASA, and there's an agenda here, and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, what's more likely that this shit's real, or they're spending millions of dollars to try to deceive us? Like, oh my god. It's that crazy. Was, that was a trip. That was it's a trip. That was something for sure. But it does really get to the heart of belief, and some beliefs are just more inherently credible than others. But if you grew up in a religious household, for example, it would be as easy to believe as uh, uh, tea and sugar. You know, so oh, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to disrespect them, but at the same time, if you didn't grow up in it, you're not indoctrinated in it, and therefore your um, attitudes might be different. It, just different, not necessarily better yeah. or worse. Just and it different. definitely can make a difference because, yeah, if you're growing up day in and day out seeped in this stuff, yeah, you're gonna. It's just gonna become part of who you are and what you believe. And that's, right. That's why it's so interesting. A lot of people in that group that I'm in grew up in hardcore religious families, and yeah. hearing them talk about how they extricated themselves from it and how yeah. it's just changed well relationships in their life. And that was the thing I was trying to get my friend Angie, who we had the falling out with, is to understand is that we were, we are not disrespecting your belief. We are challenging your belief, not because we're challenging you or want you to change your ways but that you don't respect our beliefs. And so when we had our falling out, I wasn't saying anything disrespectful towards her belief, but her belief is so strong. The rules are so set in stone in her religion that she was forced to get rid of us as friends based Mm -hmm. on her doctrinal beliefs. And I just find that so incredibly short-sighted because you're talking about extricating someone from your life who simply had the gall to tr- to question reality mm-hmm. yeah you know the, it's so ridiculous yeah it's extreme yeah i don't extreme. think any religion gains validity by by um chastising and casting out anyone who dares believe in its authenticity i think they should welcome it yeah but people don't like to be questioned their beliefs their, yeah could because so many people that is who they are yeah. You question their beliefs, you're questioning them. Well, and very that's exactly existence. what happened with my falling out with your friend from your makeup group is that I put something on Instagram about veganism. Now, I respect other people's lifestyles. You want to be a vegan, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a hunting household. I was in the military. I've learned about weapons. I was a chef. I've had to learn to fabricate meat. Um, but now I'm at a point where I do not hunt. I do not have guns. And I do not eat meat 
except for I try. In other words, I try to limit the amount of meat I eat. I don't. I'm not a huge meat eater. Now, do I still eat meat? Yes, but but my point is, is that um, I'm lowering my carbon footprint because I respect the fact that these are animals. I hate the slaughtering of animals. I fucking hate it. But that's the world we're in, and and oftentimes we have to kind of realize that, hey, I respect your not wanting to eat meat, but you have to respect that you're living on a planet where this is normal. You may not like it ethically. You may not like it, all these things, but we are human beings that require protein to live, and uh, sorry, but... That's just the way it goes. And so you don't respect my beliefs. Why on earth should I respect yours, you know? Yeah, and that's what it comes down to a lot. But I try to respect it anyways because that's my Mm. point. But then that's what I'm saying is a lot of people with strong-held beliefs don't respect your beliefs. So why on earth do they demand that we respect theirs? Yeah, for sure. But um, So when it comes, babe, to UFOs, where do you land on the scale that I invented? A hard belief... Hard disbelief, what? Pretty, I'm I'm right at the verge of hard belief. I'm on a scale between soft belief and hard belief, mm-hmm. though, <laughs> because yeah. I've never personally seen anything. Yeah, I yeah. I want to see something so badly, but I've never seen anything. Now, what? But what, I believe in it. What is meeting your burden of proof? And by the way, you guys, if you hear something, we have a, a dude on our roof right now who's helping us uh, clean our roof. Um, we get a lot of moss in the winter. And I can't get up there or else I'll kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have a guy up on the roof right now. We're trying to record around it, but uh, that's what you probably heard if you heard anything. So we have watched so many shows, so many documentaries. There's so many videos, so many pictures. And mm-hmm. my thing is just listening to people, figuring out who I think is credible, looking at the the evidence. And you yeah. know, some of it's fake, obviously, but well, I sure. think there's... It's it's met my burden of proof that I think there's enough evidence out there that they do exist. So right. I do I do believe in them. Right. Well, yeah, I think it's a combination of meeting your burden of proof, or if it doesn't meet your burden of proof, uh, somebody else is meeting your burden of proof. Their mm-hmm. story. It's like my burden of proof on Bigfoot, for example. I've never seen Bigfoot. I'm relying solely on other people's evidence, and some of that is video evidence. Some of that is audio evidence. Some of that is anecdotal evidence, which is stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, uh, but that's what upset me that one time when, uh, because a lot of my belief also is that Les Stroud is one of my heroes. He's a survivor man, the Les Stroud guy. And uh, he has done an entire episode on uh, Survivor Man Bigfoot where he has gone into this with an open mind. Uh, because frankly, he's had a couple of occurrences himself, and he's one of those guys who I believe would not ever fake this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I and so what upset me is when Joe Rogan had him on. He's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah," and then Joe Rogan went on to do a show for Sci Fi Channel about Bigfoot. He went up to Washington and did all this stuff himself because the phenomenon was taking off in the the, the zeitgeist of our pop culture. And then he had the ball sack later on, a few years later, he had this guy on from one of those um, Alaska outdoor shows. He was also a survivor dude. And he was mocking and making fun of Les Stroud. And I was like, oh, bitch, no. (laughs) Oh, Oh, nobody does that (laughs) on my watch. (laughs) But the reason that is, is not not just because he was um, attacking one of my heroes, but because 
he was open-minded to it too. And now he gets around somebody who's out in the woods a lot, who doesn't believe. And it feels like Joe Rogan's the kind of person who leans liberal or conservative based on who's there, leans believing or not believing based on who's there. In other words, I don't feel like he has a strong constitution when it comes to certain beliefs. No, it depends on who he has in front of him, who he's talking to, who he wants to impress at the moment. Yeah, it's all about saving face and being cool. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't want to, you know, they don't want to come off uncool. You know, Joe Rogan's the king of fucking cool and all this shit. Well, you know, that ship has sailed for me, so... I think I'm pretty cool. And I, I incorporate those things into my sense of cool because I don't waver. I don't waver in my politics. I don't waver in my beliefs. But I do try to uh, uh, challenge my beliefs because I do believe at the end of the day, if we don't challenge our beliefs, then we're going to get stuck in those beliefs and we're never going to move. We're going to be just as bad as anybody else who believes without good reason. Yeah, for sure. You and know? yeah, I like to keep an open mind and... And th- see new evidence and think of new things. Sure. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck in one spot forever. That's, well, that's yeah, boring. I've evolved on atheism. I went mm-hmm. I went from a, a, a non-Christian spiritualist when I was young because I always believed there was something out in the cosmos. I was very, you know, thinky about that stuff. To a person who became a, a Christian. Then I went from Christianity to uh, atheism, and it was ardent atheism because I was, I think at the time I needed that that matter of factness about it to be grounded because my mental health wasn't all there. I was struggling with depression, anxiety, and yeah. finding meaning in this world. But now I'm at a point where um, I am still an atheist, but I am a spiritual atheist because I. It depends on how you define God. If God is just the universe, I might be okay with that. But I don't believe in all the biblical doctrine and all that stuff because I'm not a biblical person. In other words, if there is a phenomenon going on behind God, I believe religion got it somewhat incorrect. So maybe it's just a a certain interpretation of a certain reality. They interpret it as this. I interpret it as this. Whereas maybe we're kind of believing in the same thing, but we're applying different, I don't know, uh, terms to it. We're, we're, mm-hmm. I believe that the universe is made up of matter and energy. And I believe that uh, if we have this inherent connection to the universe, because we were born, we are made up of stardust. We are made up of this universe, and therefore we have a connection to it. And so in that regard, I believe we are spiritually or energetically connected to the universe. That doesn't necessarily mean, though, that I am a creationist. I believe uh, in evolution. I believe in science. But uh, what do you think it is about science versus uh, religion, science versus faith? Why can't they find some middle ground there? Because I would think that science could prove, at least in some part, uh, uh, that faith has validity. Yeah, I don't... Especially with like the age of the the Earth and things, yeah. Like there's scientific proof that dinosaurs existed. There's scientific proof that this and that. But so many they twist themselves. They were put into there pretzels. to test our they faith, don't you know? Test our faith, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. Some people are just so set in their beliefs well, that there is no room for anything else. My problem with a, that is it's called apologists. Apologists, when when you factually prove something wrong in the Bible, there's what's called apologists. 
they will make up excuses for why it's yeah. wrong. Yeah. Instead exactly. of just admitting that it was written by man in a time where we didn't know everything yet. Yeah. If they had just simply said something to the effect of, well, we got that one wrong, but that's what we, that we misinterpreted God's word and just left it at that. And I think with people like I that. I think I would be, at least respect that a little more. Yeah, but I think with people like that, then that would open it up to questioning this and questioning that. And a lot of, especially people that are in higher positions within right. churches, they don't want to be questioned because they want to keep their power over people. So they can't have anything being questioned. This is what it is. This is what you have to believe. Yeah. There is no open-mindedness about it. Well, and I think you make a solid point because I think a lot of people in power... Um, they want to keep us down and unintelligent because once we grow sentient and aware, uh, we are we become their competition because um, I believe that belief systems have a tendency to keep us in our place. Absolutely. And that's why we're doing this show. We're not doing it to disrespect anyone. We're not doing it to disrespect America or disrespect our systems, but to simply challenge these beliefs so that we grow smart enough and aware enough to rise up to our fullest potential, to not be held back by ancient superstitions or be held back by belief systems that keep us in check, so mm-hmm. to speak, you know? Yeah, and some people just can't, they're they're not comfortable with questioning. They have to have absolutes. So yeah. some people what? just like being told this is how it is. And Why do you suppose that it. is? Some people are just completely closed-minded. Some people mm-hmm. feel uncomfortable not knowing things. Well, I also believe that there's a certain amount of uh, scientific illiteracy, too. Oh, that yeah. That if you don't believe in science, it's because you don't understand science. Mm-hmm. And that goes the same for the paranormal, is that I believe when you're talking about ghosts and demons and all this, um, if you believe in absolutes, you absolutely believe there's no afterlife, then you're not going to believe in ghosts. But I believe that the afterlife exists despite the fact that I don't necessarily believe that there's a heaven. And uh, people wonder how I can reconcile with that. You want to hear how I can reconcile that? Absolutely. Well, my (laughs) my newest belief in the paranormal is that I am a soft believer in the paranormal. I'm not a hard believer. um, But the reason why I'm a, a soft believer is because I haven't really had great evidence by myself, I have had some small things that could count as evidence, but it wasn't mm-hmm. compelling enough to push me into the hard belief category. But there's so much evidence out there that it has kept me at the soft belief. Uh, but as far as the afterlife goes, I believe that ghosts are an anomaly. They're an energy anomaly. In other words, ghosts exist despite the rule. Like, the rule is usually when you die, your energy goes poof, and it dissipates into the universe, or based on your religious beliefs, it goes to heaven or hell, right? Whatever, fine, but it goes away. I believe that what ghosts are is an anomalous behavior where energy tends to linger, and that could linger because of trauma, that could linger because of confusion or mental illness, that could uh, linger because they got in a car accident and that trauma... They're lost. They don't know what happened to them. Or it could just be any strong emotion that's keeping them there. Like, I'm not letting these people move into my house. The old mm-hmm. guy bought, yeah. built, <laughs> lives in this house for 40 years, and yeah. he loves it, and he His just house, can't it. let go of it. So he stays because he wants to be a guardian of that house, and then people move in. He's like, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> You're not remodeling this house. This is the way I like it. Yeah. You know, so, so I do believe that 
But I challenge my beliefs. That's the difference is that I don't have absolutes. It's always ever changing, you know? Definitely. Okay, so now that you you are a uh, soft believer in UFOs because you haven't seen them yourself. Between uh, soft what is, and hard. Huh? I said between soft and hard believer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is. Right. <laughs> but you, what do you believe about alien beings themselves? Because, I mean... A lot of people say, well, maybe we do have proof that there's unidentified flying objects, but we're, we can't prove that they're extraterrestrial in origin. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'd say I'm pretty neutral on that one. There have mm-hmm. been, I mean, we've seen shows and we've heard people that said that they've worked in these facilities that have seen beings, that have seen bodies, that have seen things. So I'm just kind of, I'm open to that. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's the thing is that the deeper you go down the rabbit hole, the more information you have. And that's sort of my problem with religion and atheism is that if they don't go down the rabbit hole, in other words, if they don't have experience to challenge their beliefs, then they're always going to be set in stone. And so atheism, in a way, is almost just as bad as some uh, big beliefs in religion, because at the end of the day, they're not... um, they're not willing to adjust their belief systems. They're not willing to make exceptions, and they're not willing to continue challenging their own beliefs. And I feel like people who don't challenge their beliefs don't learn. They don't grow, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and there's definitely on both sides it exists. Yeah, sure. yeah. Well, um, yeah, because, I mean, my thing about the UFOs is that um, does it strengthen my belief in aliens? Do UFOs strengthen my belief in aliens? Yes, because we don't have, uh, if these crafts exist, they exist for one of two reasons. Number one, they were either uh, alien technologies or uh, they were made by us. And how did we get those technologies? In other words, we must have exactly. reverse engineered yeah. mm-hmm. alien technologies. Or it could just be something else. Like maybe, you know, because they, they have evidence now that the uh, Nazis were trying to make and build ufos back in the day um but really all that proves is that um they might have been reverse engineering something or kind of like hellboy you know nazis were always into a lot of weird uh stuff they were willing to get answers in unusual ways and dark and evil ways Mm -hmm. and so perhaps they had some connection to an alternate dimension or they had uh, insight into some information that we're not allowed to have or something like yeah, that. Yeah. I don't and know. That's, I, it, that is the interesting thing about the UFO phenomenon or UAPs as they're now called mm-hmm. is that sometimes I think there are instances where what people see are built by us because of reverse engineering, because we have found things and yeah. we've tried to figure them out. And that's why they're, how they're trying to, or some people will explain some really big jumps in technology as far as like aircraft and things. Yeah. That there's something that they've reverse engineered because all of a sudden we went jumped from one type of aircraft well, to another one that's way ahead and, of And what that's that a possibility. But also think about this. I mean, the industrial revolution kind of happened at the turn of the century, about 1900, where uh, automation, steam, uh, the combustion engine, all these things started all taking off at the same time. Yeah. And a lot of people would say, well, that's a big jump yeah, from where we true. used to be. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just more, it's kind of like um, once you make the big discovery of something, 
it creates a domino effect of more mm-hmm. discovery because you needed too, that yeah. one thing solved to get somewhere else. Yeah. And so on the one hand, yes, it could be that there's some for, sort of uh, alien influence there. Uh, or maybe one we just needed to, uh, you know, maybe because we invented the combustion engine, that led to a do- domino effect of more and mm-hmm. more and more uh, discoveries yeah. because we needed that one thing solved. And it would literally take one person with this outrageous idea that they put into place. So sure. Yeah. That could explain it also. Yeah. Well, and that's why I, to think about I don't necessarily believe that we, that we're um, living, you know, like the B2 bomber, they say, well, that is just so far advanced. How could it possibly be man-made and all this stuff? Well, we don't know what they're hiding from us, you guys. That's I was exactly. in the military. They're very secretive. Yeah. I had a top secret clearance for um, certain, um, you know, weapons and weaponry technologies that I, to this day, cannot tell you about. Yeah. That being said, there's this thing called compartmentalization. I was it, just going to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, exactly. If you don't have a need to know, guess what? You don't right? know. <laughs> and so many people can have top secret clearance, but this one goes up to this door. This guy can open the door, but he can't look in the door. Well, like, it's so... Yeah, so and that's compartmentalized. And that is exactly why what's fascinating about the times we're living in now is because now that they've declassified Project Blue Book and all these other events, um, you're getting professionals in many fields coming together to say, we now believe. Um, in fact, just now, just I think it just happened. We saw on the ticker tape on the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah, it was talking about the House having hearings on ufos yeah so they're doing hearings right right now now on Mm -hmm. that and we're talking about very credible professionals in their field and so at the end of the day the point is is that um you know we now have uh information that we didn't have in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s because project blue book was still classified once that became declassified uh you were getting a whirlwind of new information some of it credible, some of it not as credible, but what it is doing is it's getting all these great minds together to compare information. You were right. talking about yeah. compartmentalization. Well, this guy has this info, but not this info. Yeah. Well, this it's guy has this together, info, not this. and now they're all getting together. together to share yeah. that info, and they're creating a bigger picture of the puzzle. And I think now that there's so many people coming forward, because there's probably they're probably threatened with some sort of sort of punishment if they retire and if they talk about certain things. But sure. it's like the safety in numbers kind of well, thing. Well, that's but part of it. Them come together. They're or, not, well, yeah, I think what it is now is it's now legal for them to do because of the because this stuff has been declassified. But it's also because um, now that they're getting older, they want to put it on record before they die because they want they I think they're compelled uh, to to give the truth. That's exactly the truth is so say. out there's, there that they want yeah, people to know. And there's so a few stories that we've seen of men like, <clears> you know, right before a week or month before they die, they come out and tell all this stuff because they're like, I'm going to be gone soon and this is going to be gone with me. So here you yeah. go. This is what happened. This is what I saw. Yeah. So it's just it's a it's a great environment that people are feeling well, more able to come forward and talk about things. Even though in the 90s was a great time to be a ufologist, I was a. I was kind of a, I've never been a professional at it, but I was always just an amateur enthusiast of 
all things weird and strange. Me too. But Always. this is a very exciting time to be a believer in all these things. Mm-hmm. Because not only um, is the government getting more relaxed in terms of what they're willing to put out there, um, but there's still a lot of things happening, you guys. I mean, as much as we don't, if you don't follow it, that's the thing. Um, uh, regular publications don't often put these kinds of stories out there uh, because, um, frankly, they don't want their own credibility being challenged. So it's not whether or not it's true or not. It's that they know it's true, but they don't want the non-believers not losing respect for their credibility as a journal. And so you you have these great big journals like the New York, uh, you know, New York Post or Washington Post or whatever, uh, all these big publications, maybe they'll put some things in there, but I don't think they, they go on. They don't like routinely putting out those kinds of stories because it's just another of the same. It's just another anecdotal mm-hmm. report yeah. from somebody. And yeah. that is not necessarily compelling enough to make you a believer. But when you start adding it up cumulatively, that's when yeah. it starts getting pretty fucking exciting. Yeah. And I'm glad I just happened to look down and see that ticker going across the bottom of the screen because yeah. otherwise we wouldn't have known about it. I haven't seen it anywhere well, else. Well, we're going to look for I it. And, and when we do, we're going to report on it, you guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, well, and that's the thing is like, um, does it make me look like a kook to believe in all these things? Cumulatively? Probably yes. That's why. To some people. Well, that's why I liked that uh, Missing 411 The Hunted, the sequel. Because the people who were coming out did not want the d- documentary to go in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, that's a little weird. But because the yeah. evidence was so profound, they couldn't discount it. Mm-hmm. So then you've got these old cowboys who are like, man, it was Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it was crazy. Um, so so that's pretty much what we have on UFO and aliens. You Do you believe in aliens? Neutral. You're neutral? Yeah. Completely neutral? Going towards belief. Yeah, I'm a soft believer because yeah. I'm a hard believer in UFOs, and yeah. I just don't believe that we have the technology to do all that. Yeah. And if we even did have the technology to do all that, we I don't believe that if we had these technologies, why aren't we seeing them yet in regular life? In other words, mm-hmm. when there's a great... Like, if we had the technology of creating nacelles like Star Trek... We would see them on things because they're useful. Yeah. So if we had these very useful technologies, why on earth are we still hiding them? But again, there's so much that the government hides from us anyway that it's it could be just go either way. So expensive that they're not going to even admit that they have things, or they don't want normal people to experience it because they want to keep it for themselves. Not to mention, what if some of these things are made out of materials that we don't have? Exist? Yeah. What if they're man-made materials that you have to combine certain elements to create? Yeah, exactly. Like, like in uh, Roswell, they said that there was like a crumple paper, but it it looked like aluminum foil, but it would straighten out exactly, and then it would crumple. Mm -hmm. I think Batman would like that. I think Batman would love that, yes. Because <laughs> it kind of reminds me of his cape in that when you give it electric current, mm-hmm. it, it gets, yeah, becomes rigid. Right? But, you put mm-hmm. it on a rigid skeleton, and you've got yeah. yourself wings. There we go. Um, but That's in this perfect. case, it, it's more than that. It's it's something we don't have. Yeah. And there's so many people that have talked about that. Yeah. That I, definitely, I think that's the thing, because there's been so many people that came forward about that material in particular. It's like a crumple metal or yeah. something. Yeah. So how many other things like that exist right. that 
they have that they can't explain, well, so they can't bring them to the public. So. And, and what if some of these technologies require us to have elements that we don't have access to? Mm-hmm. In other words, there's a planet out there yeah. that's a, a not a carbon-based life form, but maybe they're silicon-based life forms, mm-hmm. and there are uh, elements on their planet that we just don't have. Yeah. Not to mention, do we not have the technology to create it, but we don't might not even have the element mm-hmm. to create it. Yeah, for sure. That's or it's a man-made thing, or an alien-made thing, mm-hmm. a human-made, humanoid-made thing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's quiz you, babe. Uh, we've we've talked about UFOs and aliens. Uh, what is your belief on the scale of ghosts? I'm soft belief. I'm a soft believer too. Um, I have had a few weird things happen to me personally. I've had weird things happen, but I've never actually seen. But not compelling something. enough to yeah. be a hard believer. Yeah. Me too. But I'm a, I'm probably between soft soft belief and hard yeah, belief. Me too. Greater than just soft belief. Yes. See, there you go. Now yeah. you understand mine. <laughs> uh, what about demons? Demons. I'm gonna say soft belief, but not a biblical demon. That's like what I believe elemental too. Elemental type of thing. Yeah, I believe they're elemental spirits. I believe they're non-human entities that have not necessarily always existed, but have existed for a very long time. I believe they're uh, dark dwellers. I call them dark mm-hmm. dwellers. I call them soul collectors. Mm-hmm. I believe they get energy from energy around them, and so they will trap spirits to make themselves yeah. stronger. Yeah. Um, but I know as bad as that sounds, I do believe there's enough evidence in video recordings, in other people's observations. Uh, we're talking about repeatable phenomena. Mm-hmm. So I'm believing it not because yeah. I want to, but because I do believe when I take all the cumulative evidence that you are we are looking at non-human non-biblical supernatural or paranormal entities which means they Mm -hmm. they don't have a physical form but they do exist and uh, why they exist and how they exist i don't know are they from earth probably um they're probably that's the thing is like there's alien life out there outside Mm -hmm. of our planet then there's alien life within our planet yeah. Like supernatural or paranormal right. yeah. entities. Mm-hmm. And that, it's weird. And then you think mm-hmm. about like the multiverse. What if there's multidimensional creatures? Yeah. Like yeah, the ones that are sneaking out of that dude's closet. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, do I believe <laughs> all that other. necessarily? Not necessarily, but I mean, Jay Leno and a bunch of people have told stories of these critters, these critters, yeah, exactly. running around like, like little on, gremlins. On Ghost Hunters, they had the infrared of these little tiny, like, they look like, like gnomes. Like gnomes, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So. Well, and that's why, you know, even the Lamb House, when you go to the Ghost of Carmel, Maine, he says that he's captured evidence of not only um, uh, what look like animal spirits that take on uh, other forms, Morphs, but yeah. also he's seen these critters running around in his yard. They yeah. look like little demonic little and they're on camera. Gnomes, on little film, yeah. demonic little gremlins mm-hmm. or something. And yeah. <laughs> while I don't necessarily believe it, uh, I'm starting to see the repeatable phenomenon, credible people talking about it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm a soft believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm maybe neutral to soft. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, then what about Bigfoot? Bigfoot, I am right on the cusp of being a hard believer. Yeah. There's, there, I, yeah, I think there's a lot of very credible evidence. And, yeah. Um, but I can't say 100% because I've never seen him. Yeah, I, I personally believe that uh, Bigfoot, I believe that hundreds of thousands of years ago, maybe 200,000 years ago, human was coming up as the dominant species. I believe there were what's called warring tribes 
where uh, we were coexisting with many types of hominids at that time. In other words, there's animals, and then there's hominids. Hominids uh, are upright creatures, usually with an opposable thumb, and that gives them uh, abilities to uh, to climb, the abilities to use tools and things that regular animals can't. Now, monkeys and gorillas can, but why did they... That's where people are like, well, why didn't they make the evolutionary leap? Don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they didn't get their hands on, uh, you know, some psychotropic drugs, you know. Because There's science. A, well, that's what's the, called the stone ape theory, mm-hmm. is that they believe that perhaps man was created because some, some ancient uh, animal hominid uh, got high... And it expanded his consciousness to the point where uh, he made some evolutionary mm-hmm. leap. Now, I don't. It's just a theory. It's, it's a very interesting. It's one. an interesting yeah. theory. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily believe it, but but it's out there. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, because why would there be animals with opposable thumbs and man coexisting? Why didn't we all make the leap? That's mm-hmm. compelling. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I would say that I am a believer in Bigfoot. I am a soft believer going toward hard. I think we're the same on everything. I think so. Probably because we're just around each other <laughs> right. so much. We've, we, we, <laughs> we we watch all the same we stuff. We watch all the we same all stuff. The same we talk about it together. Mm-hmm. We arrive at the same conclusions. Yeah. yeah. Is there a bias to that? Perhaps. But we're arriving at it together, though, mm-hmm. yeah, through a exactly. consensus. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Bigfoot, to me, I believe is Gigantopithecus. I believe that it's probably a rare phenomenon. I believe that um, there's probably maybe 400 to 1,000, maybe 2,000 left in the entire world. And uh, I do believe that they thrived back in a time where there was what I called warring tribes. There was probably between 8 and 16 hominids all competing for resources. Some died out. Uh, We ended up surviving where others didn't. And the reason why perhaps we survived and they didn't is because, like I said, if we're competing for resources, the giant, big, gigantopithecus creatures might have died out because they needed to consume 10,000 calories a day to stay alive. And if it was snowing, they couldn't achieve that. And so they died out, whereas smaller mm-hmm. creatures lived because they didn't require as much sustenance. Definitely could be. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think there could be offshoots of hominids that are still existing around us that are just very rare as we became the dominant species on earth. We created all these rules and all these laws and all these systems and concrete, the concrete jungle. They went, this man is kind of threatening. <laughs> We're going to go out here into the woods right, yeah. or stay out here in the mm-hmm. woods. They probably, who knows where they, their natural environment is, but that is their natural environment now. Yeah, definitely. Uh, okay. What about the rake? The rake, I'm going to say soft disbelief. Yeah, I think there's some weird photos and videos. I am where you're at, too. I'm a soft disbeliever. Um, I want to believe I there are some compelling video and photographic evidence that uh, looks real to me. I don't believe that the rake is like, uh, you know, a sleep demon where they talk about it above Mm -hmm. your bed. And, you know, like there's a gremlin, you know, and sleep paralysis is a gremlin above you and all that bullshit. I, I get sleep paralysis. And unlike a lot of people, I don't get that external tormentor phenomenon like some people do. Mm -hmm. That is not one of my symptoms. I just freeze up, and I know it's that my body has woken up before my mind. And a lot of times I'll get stuck, and I'm like, oh, shit. It happens a lot when I'm overly tired. Or your mind before your body. Mind before my body, yes. Sorry. 
Um, but yeah, but uh, I don't get that external tormentor like some people. A lot of people say they see either a gremlin or a demon Somebody, on their chest. Something in the corner. Or, or they see a man in a hat. Yeah. And that's where I think Freddy Krueger comes <laughs> sure. in. Yeah. Not saying, he, not saying that he's real, saying that uh, perhaps people's understanding in the consciousness of our pop culture zeitgeist it created Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Out of accumulation of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I just don't think there's enough belief in the rake to be entirely credible. I think uh, there's a lot of cryptids nowadays that are er more urban legends Mm -hmm. than actual biological critters. Uh, What about the Mothman? I'm going to go between neutral and soft belief. It's such a weird, interesting thing. Yeah. I'm not... Well, and that's why we did the episode about it, because I thought we put this one to bed like there was no new evidence. Right, when yeah. evidence is old, it's kind of like God and Jesus. It's old evidence. It's harder to believe when it's old. And that's the thing about, like, why don't religious people believe that um, somebody could claim to be God? They go, no, uh-uh. It's like, he said he was coming back. And then when people say <laughs> that he is... They want evidence. Right, yeah. (laughs) In other words, um, when we we have this tendency as humans to believe things more when it happened a long time ago, like magic and fairies was more real back then. Yeah. (laughs) You know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know why that is, but that seems to be inherent in our species. Why do you think that is? Partially because there are so many stories and legends and things, so yeah. it's just kind of like, oh, the old days. The, the old days. It's nostalgic good and, fun, maybe. Right, yeah. And we have and, a soft spot for nostalgia. Yeah. And possibly so long ago, maybe other things did exist that don't now because... Dragons. Just, yeah. I, gnomes. Right, yeah. Some type of critter, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe before, you Vampires, know... Vampires, werewolves. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That's the thing. And maybe things did exist more... In ancient times, and they've just kind of died out, or maybe it's just where you saw of how where they, people saw visual evidence, but they didn't have cameras, they didn't have anything yeah. to photograph it with, or maybe they made up these stories to describe things that we now have scientific evidence for. Yeah, so. what if they were seeing gorillas? Yeah, what if they were seeing mm-hmm. pandas? We didn't know pandas and gorillas existed until this century. Yeah, so, so it, yeah, crazy. I just, you know, it could be either or. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, let's see. That's all I have on here um, because I, you know, that that goes into lore, uh, tradition, lore. I think vampires were created because of Vlad the Impaler. Mm-hmm. I think we just kind of uh, took it to its natural conclusion. Uh, I believe that zombies uh, we got from voodoo curses. That uh, what they could do is they could poison people. And make them go paralyzed to the point where people thought they were dead. Mm-hmm. They would get buried, and then the shit would wear off, and then they would right. unbury yeah. themselves. They're mm-hmm. like, oh my god, zombies! Yeah, because <laughs> now we do know there are drugs that can make someone appear dead. Yeah. And they're not. It just slows everything down so much. So yeah, if something like that happened either accidentally or because there were herbs that they knew mm-hmm. did that had that effect, that could be a thing. Absolutely. Well, and I think the thing I want to end on today is um, we watch a lot of paranormal TV. And while you kind of have to take some of it with a grain of salt, um, what I don't like and what I do like, what like take, for example, the show, um, uh, the paranormal caught on camera, paranormal caught on camera. Um, I, they're showing you real evidence, but then sometimes they, they have this tendency to kind of shit the bed where 
They want to do a story about black-eyed children, for example, and they kind of reverse-engineer it where, like, they, they showed this clip of this kid playing and dancing, and the fat dad was, like, egging him on to dance. He's like, dance, dance. He's like, yeah. And then the kid turns around, sees a ghost child, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, you could see he made you eye contact it, with like, it. Yeah. But because mm-hmm. he's a baby... He doesn't have our sense of understanding of oh, things. Okay. So, there's a kid there. Okay. Oh, there's a kid there. Okay. <laughs> so he continues on yeah. to entertain himself. Yeah. And But then they called it a black-eyed children. And I was like, no, you're reverse engineering that. In other words, they wanted to talk about reverse engineering, and then they found a case that kind of sort of lined up the, with it. the image of it had blackish, well, shadowy, yeah. where the eyes were. The so eyes they looked just like kind of black jumped, voids. They the shark to well, black-eyed children. And to me, when we paused it, it didn't look like a black void. I think that ghosts, when they're representing themselves, um, we just don't get a lot of full detail. Yeah, and exactly. so they tend to darken in spots like the eyes. Maybe the eyes are the windows to the soul, and when you're dead... Uh, it's just not as uh, apparent or something. I don't know. But the point is, is I just, I don't see that as, oh, that's a black eyed children. I, I don't believe in black eyed children. What's your belief? Yeah, probably not. There's yeah. I'm a hard disbeliever. Things, but yeah. Um, I, I think it's a fascinating thing. We've seen things on YouTube where, um, there's a whole YouTube channel that talks about black eyed children. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of it. Yeah. I kind of wandered away from that channel because I do think he is a hoaxer. And I feel bad yeah. because he's so earnest, mm-hmm. but he talks about like playing this thing on his computer and how this noise attracts black-eyed children. And then he got photographic evidence of this person on his back porch yeah. with the light on, mm-hmm. and uh, children. He'll be like he lives out this in long the woods, driveway, long this. driveway with the forest. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just I'm sorry, like because there's been a lot of trail cam footage of children in the middle of fucking nowhere what do you th- is that black eyed children or is that just perhaps ghosts i think that's possibly what it is just just ghosts just just ghosts just if, just ghosts, those, <laughs> just well, ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know some of those could be doctored i mean yeah everything that you see could that's have been doctored. true so yeah it's, well and that's why when we see repeatable evidence sometimes we have to differentiate between um is this repeatable, a repeatable phenomenon because um, we're starting to pick up cumulatively repeatable things? Mm-hmm. Or is it that um, pop culture hysteria has created a repeatable phenomenon mm-hmm. right. and has created sort yeah. of an urban legend of yeah. sorts? Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's kind of like we have to differentiate what came first. What do you think about, you know, like um, a lot of people say that we can collectively will things into existence like siren head that definitely not i don't know it's a really interesting because yeah they're saying that if enough people believe something that you can manifest it into reality i'm not really a believer in that but then as an empath i do believe in energy and intention but that's a little it's probably a bridge too far for me far out yeah it's interesting to think about but i think probably not Mm -hmm. but it's fascinating to think about so yeah I won't completely discount it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, at the end of the day, I don't believe in Siren Head. I think there's what what we call online urban legends, like uh, Slender, Slender Man, Man and mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I don't believe in Slender Man. I don't believe in all that. I, I think there's just a lot of creepypastas out there that are fun, but not necessarily real. 
But then some things like you'll see every once in a while a video of uh, like a werewolf or every once in a while you'll see something like a gremlin or a creature. And so it's kind of that's what's so fun about this at the end of the day is where does lore stop and reality begin? Where does paranormal evidence uh, begin and um, and, and hoax be, you know, because you just you just don't know. No, always. you don't. And that's why I stay very open minded, because I want to look at all this stuff and I want to look <laughs> at it with an open mind. And yeah, I don't fall prey to, you know, obvious hoaxers or things, but it's fun to think about. It's fun to watch. Um, I like contemplating these kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the show's just about to end here, but I wanted to get your uh, just last take on things. Why is it that we can believe in all these phenomena and be open-minded to it, but not be more open-minded to God what, and angels and spiritual beings? Why is it that we draw the line at that? Because, I mean, if we're open-minded to all these things, then shouldn't we be open-minded to God and angels and demons and all that? I think my thing with with God... The, the Christian God is that it's so it's so human centric and yeah. because it was written by like ancient men I just mm-hmm. think there's a certain ancient uh, patriarchal way exactly. about it and things were written that way for they were a also reason. written in a kind of xenophobic way yeah. as if oh, white absolutely. men of power especially Gee. back in the days you're talking about religious people of power missionaries who had more religious power uh, it was self it was their own self-bequeath power, mm-hmm. but it was mm-hmm. there was a certain hierarchy in the cloth in those days. There still is. There's, well, there's, so, of yeah. course, yeah. So, yeah, and I think a lot <clears throat> of it was just made to control people and have people do what these people in power wanted. And I think it's just so human-centric that I don't think a god would be human-centric. Well, and I think there's a lot of incompatibilities, a lot of inconsistencies in the Bible, but I do still keep my mind open to spiritualism. Mm-hmm. In other oh, words, yeah, like I don't believe in astrology 100%, but I do when I talk about the characteristics of an Aries, I'm like, yep, that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm open to perhaps the moon and the stars and their positioning having, having some, some small... Because energy and... Right. You know. At least, in, that- yeah, I'm not a big... I'm not a big believer, but I'm a... Yeah, I, I would call myself a neutral to soft disbeliever. Yeah. Actually, I'm probably a hard disbeliever with soft disbeliever tendencies. With soft belief <laughs> tendencies, yeah. Because, well, because yeah, I'm trying to get my Christian audience out there to understand that we're not disrespecting religion. We're not disrespecting you, the person, or the belief itself. It's just that there's not a lot of repeatable evidence of God. There's not a lot of repeatable evidence of uh, angels. Um, I tend to believe that the reason why paranormal entities exist is because. You're talking about um, just hundreds of tens of thousands of photographic and video evidence where if we had that much about uh, God, I, I, I probably would re-examine it mm-hmm. and be open to it again. But there isn't. So yeah. yeah. Well, and the thing is, is that's where a lot of people say, well, that's why God's elusive. He's invisible. You faith. know, you're it's all faith. Yeah, it's all faith-based. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. My point is, is that I just don't believe that uh, a a being created this. I believe nature, it was natural, natural evolution. Um, Where there's a will, there's a way, and it grew. You know, it's like uh, 
uh, Jurassic Park, just thinking nature finds a way kind of thing. Way, and that's yeah. exactly what it is, is nature finds a way. And he, he's a, he, he's a believer in chaos where if there isn't a way, nature will try to find a way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I am a believer in that scientific reality. And, 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 and don't despair, Christians, because at the end of the day, that does not prove that God doesn't exist, just that we ourselves don't feel like there's enough evidence therein. But, um, but I am very open-minded to spirituality in the sense that energy is intention. And I try to see the world in terms of matter and energy and, and energy and intention. And that sort of guides me throughout all of this at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. But I do try to have a, a backbone of scientific uh, belief and uh, just scientific uh, principles. Uh, but then you kind of have to have this open mind to and so how would you differentiate that from religion? Why is it that religion gets such a bad rap where the paranormal does not in some cases? Well, I think partially because religion, they they try to insert religion into politics and life of people that don't believe in it. So it's yeah. more of a... Yeah, well, that's a good point. You know, like people who believe in ghosts don't go pushing their... Well, yeah. they probably do, actually. Well, but not but they, to but the not point really. where everyone we're not, has to we're live not, under my beliefs. Well, yeah, that's not... It's like um, if we believed in UFOs, we're not going to shove our belief of UFOs down your political throats like mm-hmm. oh we should live our life under the auspice that that yeah. these creatures are real yeah but but now you've got all this evidence of people very credible people coming out saying no there is something to it and that's the thing yeah, like with I, that kind of stuff there is there is evidence there's what, videos there's pictures there's- right what would sell you on the god belief what do you think would do it for you because that's what when you watch any of these atheist shows like matt dillahunty or mm-hmm. seth uh, uh Andrews, they're always saying, uh, they have theists call in, prove to me you're God, make mm-hmm. me a believer, and then they never do. Yeah, because and, their proof is, oh, I heard something in a dream. Or I well, heard it's always anecdotal evidence. There is no way. Exactly I think That's, the only way you could probably prove God to people... I literally saw something coming down out of the sky in front of me. Other people saw it. Maybe that would be something. Well, it wouldn't necessarily and, but even, even if it looked like God and, yeah. and had all the so characteristics, I that I think what would do it for me is that plus there being some uh, supernatural change. Like, like what if the rapture happened? Mm-hmm. That then I would probably become <laughs> a believer. Good, like, oh I, shit, the rapture I'd be is happening. On the <laughs> yeah. Why am I not going? <laughs> why are all these people going and yeah? Why are all these people flying up would, in the air and I'm take, not? Am I a bad person? Right, it, would, it would take something like that. <laughs> well, honestly, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> is like if if you had a, a, a sky father come descend down from the clouds to Earth, and then all of a sudden, just like Thanos snapping his finger, all the bad evil in the world disappeared all of a sudden there's peace all of a sudden the wars are done there's nothing right if something hunger disease poverty was all gone that would probably do it i think that would make me a believer Mm. yeah (laughs) but it would have to be something big and something i think it would because nothing else well that's the problem is that when you, you know people say well why don't you believe in you believe in all these other things why don't you believe in god well it's a you have to understand the God, the God belief is a big assertion, whereas the mm-hmm. belief in ghosts is a small assertion. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good And so I it. think it would take a big, a large amount of evidence to make me a believer simply because the, the claims they make are so 
grand. They're yeah. so epic in scale, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. So it would take some, something. Like new. I said, if they came down and eradicated evil, I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry I was wrong. <laughs> Forgive me. Forgive me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can't blame me. <laughs> but you can't you blame me? I didn't see a lot of evidence. He's exactly. like, yeah, I'm a pretty elusive motherfucker. And that's, yeah, and that's exactly Sorry, it. you guys. I didn't mean to call God <laughs> saying motherfucker. Right? Apologize. It's a force of habit. My God would. <laughs> I say motherfucker, you guys, by the way. I just want to clear up the air. I say motherfucker a lot, and I hope you guys don't get offended by that. Um, that's just my way of being funny. So I hope you guys can forgive me on that. Oh, well, I curse like a sailor. I try yeah, not and to I curse here, less I than you, do. but every once in a while when I get on the show, I don't curse like that in real life, really. No, but when you mean. get me all zinged up on caffeine and good conversation, I say motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm like, God, Brian, tone it down. Speaking of caffeine, I've drunk almost this whole cup of your French press and damn. I know. I don't play around, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we got about five minutes left. I'm going to end this at a minute 30. Um... Yeah, an hour 30, not a minute 30. (laughs) Yeah, you know, so at the end of the day, you guys, it's not about hurting people's feelings. We should respect people's beliefs to a point. But I guess the thing is, is I respect the person, not necessarily the belief, because sometimes they're very outrageous beliefs. Mm -hmm. Um, So what would you say, hon, at the end of the day, to wrap all this up into a nice package with a nice neat bow on it, is that, uh, there's a lot of things out there that just aren't proven. Some of it's very invisible, elusive. Some of it is uh, physical and we can be seen. Uh, at the end of the day, I mean, belief systems, uh, scientific evidence, etc. Where where do you land on all this? How do we, at the end of the day, how do we, how should we see all this? I think a lot of people need to be more open to science because a lot of religious people aren't. And I think yeah. it just boils down to just keeping an open mind. Mm-hmm. And just be open to things that you may not have thought of. Or but they might say you're close-minded to religion. No, well, they might, but but I'm not. No, you're not. Like because I said, I have thought right about it. I situation. Have... That's just like I say. I'm not a Democrat. I am a progressive. We have overlap with progress with uh, Democrats because policies would be good for our society. And that's the label that fits. That's the label that fits, right. But that doesn't make me a Democrat. It just Mm -hmm. means that there's overlap. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, I I am a spiritual person. I can't really... It's hard to describe. I can only say it's our relationship with the universe. Mm -hmm. That's all I can say about it. It's it's our relationships, our personal relationship with the universe Mm -hmm. and our place in it. It has to have something. It has to mean something. It has to mean something. And that's why I think... Religion, they're on to something that I share their understanding that life has to have some inherent worth. And that's why I don't like transactional living. That's why I don't like systems that um, minimize human beings' right to exist or minimize our worth, our value, our spiritual worth. And so in that regard, uh, I have something in common with Christians in that I believe that we have to uh, be open-minded that life has to have more meaning than just empty rhetoric. There has to be some meat on the, on, on all this. There mm-hmm. has to be something yeah. to believe in. At the end of the day, we all want to believe in something. And that's why if we could all just sort of get along and accept that we're all... Because I don't disrespect Christians. I don't like it when right-wing Christians use Christianity as a uh, device to uh, put... Bad and bad, their bad intentions into it. They, mm-hmm. you take someone like Marjorie Taylor Greene, 
She's always talking about God and religion, and yet I don't find her to be a very moral person. She is a fucking deviant, man. Yeah, she is. And I just don't want them <clears throat> putting their beliefs into government. Into policy, right. Into policy. We shouldn't have I to should live be, our life based on Christian upbringing because to, we are not, yeah. you're not respecting our customs. Mm-hmm. You're not re- respecting our culture. Exactly. Our culture and, doesn't have and all government that. is supposed to not be tied in with religion. Well, so. this is a really great time to to apologize for when I when I said that people Christians have a tendency to go to native lands and go to tribal people and then they get eaten, they don't come back and then I laughed real hard. I I was not meaning that literally. I am not No. I do not laugh at the misfortune of people. But at the same time, it's just that they're trying to push their values and if there's yeah. a sense inherent White people have an inherent sense of entitlement, inherent sense of superiority over less, uh, more primitive peoples, mm-hmm. and they say so they like they. I think they feel like they have to save their souls, right? So they go in According there to save to their, their soul, but then they don't never, come back because yeah. they don't want to be fucked with. Yeah, and never mind; these people have their own belief systems, right? We're not respecting their exactly. beliefs. Yeah. Just because we're technologically more advanced does not mean we are superior. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of Christians, um, you know, just get it wrong in the sense that. You know, what if aliens come down, would that negate all of our customs and beliefs because they're more advanced? Right, that's Because the same then idea. we would have to adapt to their religion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's the case. Yeah, that's exactly the same if, idea. If best but, practices yeah. is the most advancement, then we would have to all acquiesce to their customs, their culture, their belief systems, mm-hmm. and we wouldn't. And yeah. so we have to be respectful that right. tribal people wouldn't with us either. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That's why I laughed. I wasn't trying to laugh at <laughs> you know. their uh, misfortune. But it's just what that's what, what beliefs do is they have this tendency to make us feel superior. And yeah, so if you're going to have beliefs, be respectful of other people's beliefs as well. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to respect the person, the, the belief, but you do have to respect their right to exist and their right to believe these things and i think we can all live and let live without becoming hateful and spiteful and mean to each other that's what it's all about yeah we should be able to and we that's what we need to do yes indeed practice yeah that's what it's all about is be a good person don't be a dick and uh you know let your beliefs guide your principles but don't if others don't believe what you believe i mean god Push it on them. Yeah. Don't push your beliefs on them. If you want to prove your beliefs to people, hey, prove it. But if you can't prove it, then shut the fuck up and let it <laughs> yeah. live and let live. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, that's what I got. Uh, you got anything else for us, babe? No, I think we yeah. cover a lot of stuff. Okay, we're done. Bye. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what we have for you guys. That's two in the bag for this week. Uh, we are going to get into the secret of Skinwalker Ranch. We are going to get into the Lamb House and uh, the ghosts of Carmel, Maine. And uh, we are going to talk about UFOs here very soon as well. Uh, but I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I also, you know, I'm thinking of doing a show on black-eyed children. Even though I don't believe, I want to dig deeper and maybe we can yeah. change our beliefs through there's, research. There's lore and there's... Like I yeah, said, that's what research is. Mm-hmm. The more you know, the more open-minded you become. And that was like with me with the Mothman, is I was a soft disbeliever. And then when I saw there was new evidence... Mm-hmm. Because I've always liked the movie, I've always liked the lore, but, yeah. but it didn't make me a believer necessarily, yeah. but mm-hmm. now I'm like, well, 
shoot, there's new evidence. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now I'm more, I'm still a soft disbeliever, but I, I'm leaning a little bit more t- towards soft belief because yeah. yeah, as you introduce new evidence, well, okay. Yeah, Mind it is all about. <laughs> yes, sir. And well, that's why we do shows based on how relevant and how recent it is. Okay, honey, hold on. <laughs> We're trying to close the show. <laughs> um, I want to be part of it. Yeah, she wants to be on the show. Uh, but that's what what I'm saying is at the end of the day, um, when we do shows on cryptids, honey, okay, hold on, you guys. Sorry about that, you guys. She, when she wants out, she wants out. <laughs> I'm trying to close the show. You can't wait two minutes, Kitty? <laughs> no, she cannot. Oh, she's such a sweet girl, though. Oh, she's God, the I best. love Gouda. Um, anyways, you guys, if you want to look at pictures of Gouda, go on over to my Instagram. I got all kinds of pictures there. You can also you- go to uh, sur- I, I'm at Surviving Empathy Podcast. Rebecca, where are you? Spooky, nerdy gal. Yeah. So the last thing I was going to end on is um, we are. Uh, uh, we do cryptid shows, but I do it based on relevance. If there's a newer sighting or something that's, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, I yeah. didn't believe in Loch Ness, and now there's new evidence suggesting that it might be real. And so mm-hmm. it it kind of comes back from the grave, you know. And so we probably will do an episode on Loch Ness because uh, there's a lot of recent evidence. There's even a webcam that uh, is pointed at uh, uh, Loch Ness, where uh, mm-hmm. they've seen some things, and you can call in. Yeah. So I want to do a show on that. So, yeah, if if I think something is probably not real, chances are I probably won't do a show on it. Or I'll do a, a cumulative show of beliefs of things that we don't believe. And then I'll do a... In other words, the more I believe it, the more likely I am to do a show on it because mm-hmm. there's recent evidence. Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, you got anything else for us, babe? No. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. If you want to support the cause, go on over to my PayPal or Patreon at Chef Fry Comedy. We will see you next week. Happy Friday, you guys. We love you. Bye.